0: Welcome to Board Game Doctors. In this episode, Tapestry After Nine Plays and Rolling Realms First Impressions. Hello everyone, this is Phil and welcome to the Board Game Doctors. I will be your doctor today. So in this episode I want to talk about my thoughts of Tapestry uh, after nine plays. (laughs) I didn't quite get to ten plays and I don't think I will anytime soon and my first impressions of uh, Rolling Realms. And so this will be a Stonemeyer special, excluding, of course, Wingspan, which I will save for a future episode with my thoughts there. But let's start off with Rolling Realms, first of all. Um, This is a quick roll-and-write game by Jamie Stegmar that was produced during the uh, height of the pandemic uh, back in 2020. And it's been successful enough to warrant a... um, you know, physical production, but back then it was strictly a print and play roll and write. And if you had two dice and some pens at home, you could print off the sheet and, and play uh, this game. So uh, the concept of the game is really cool. So Jamie Stegmar took all of his previous games, or at least the games that he's worked on with and published in his company. Uh, he took nine of those and made, uh, took a mechanism from each, and developed a little roll and write scenario that you can use that has hints of each game. And what you do in the game, so you have these nine different realms that you can roll with uh, at the start of each round. You can randomly choose three of these realms. You roll two dice. Uh, you do it up to nine times within a round. And based on the numbers of those dice that you roll, you get to mark off a certain numbers and, and areas on your different realms according to the uh, rules in specific for each realm. I won't get into the rules for each realm, of course, but um, the other thing that you have as well is as you're crossing things off, you, in addition to the victory points, which come in the form of stars, you also have three different resources that you can gain as you cross certain things off. Uh, you have pumpkins, which allow you to adjust the die pip by one you know, plus one, minus one. You have hearts, which allow you to reuse dice, and then coins, which allow you to also reuse dice or add a third dice uh, to the mix if you have enough coins. And so there's a lot of flexibility uh, in this game to earn resources and spend them to uh, manipulate the dice to, uh, or even add dice uh, to to uh, to your turn, so that way you can mark off more, and 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 gain more victory points at the end since you're only allowed in each dice roll to use one dice per realm uh, you can't use them both in the same realm so it's a pretty quick teach um, i think i think once you wrap your head around each realm then it becomes more straightforward and so it's definitely a lot easier to dive into more of the strategic uh, value from this game uh, after you get a few rolls in uh even before round one even ends, I think you get a pretty quick grasp of what this has to offer, which is its intent you know a roll and right a roll and right that doesn't offer uh a lot of rules complexity but offers a you know a quick fun game with some interesting decisions along the way and that's what I really liked about this game uh you know considering the um i guess quickness that jamie uh, put this game out at the height of covid probably only took him a couple of months to to conceive the idea but the way that he draws in the mechanisms of the game feel um i feel like the the correlation is there uh, when i play the realm of tapestry for example he borrows the the uh city board that you have in the game where you're basically using tetris pieces based on the dice to Mark off certain areas, and if for each row or column that is completely filled, you get the stars for victory points. And for each small, you know, uh, bigger square on this uh, nine by nine grid that you're filling out, you get resources. So it, you know, that's a perfect uh, transition from Tapestry, the big box, the big, you know, the original game, to Rolling Realms. And so I haven't played all of the games that are listed there. You know, I've only played maybe about half of them or so. But I still really enjoy the adaptation that is present there. The fact that you have these resources offer that strategic bite to this game as well. So in addition to the puzzle of solving uh, that, you're, that you have to solve each turn, you know, where are, am I going to place these two numbers that I rolled and sometimes you can, you know, at the beginning you have a lot of decisions on where to place them uh, in your three realms and it may seem daunting but then as you go along in the round your options start to dwindle and then that is where i feel like the resources come into play and add that kick right and so uh, as soon as you get at least two of like the pumpkins or the hearts then you have some wiggle room to say okay in addition to which realm i want to play in you know and and ach- you know uh, making your way towards achieving those goals for victory points based on their requirements um how am i going to use these resources to either Um, you know, manipulate the dice to get that victory point faster or even uh, now is a good role that I can use uh, some resources, turn them in to reuse a dice and then have, you know, write something into three realms, thus making your progression to getting a higher score quicker. And so there's a lot of um, good, uh, quick, intense uh, uh, decisions that are meant, I think, that are appropriate for this type of game and level of game. Uh, for me, you know, coming in expecting a more family weight, quick roll and write game, the decisions meet my expectations. and if I'm in the mood to play such a game, I really have enjoyed the the types of decisions that I've had to make. Um, often, I do need a little bit of time to consider my options and you know weigh out the the costs of using resources at certain times or roles or thinking maybe I should wait. And try to use these resources later, and so there's always a good puzzle there to solve. And I think this has a lot of replayability. Um, I, I do like the, um, the the physical box that has been printed. I believe last year was its print date, print year. And there are additional uh, realms that you have to offer. You know, originally you only have these nine realms to start with, but you can play them in any. Combination; it doesn't have to be the same three for each round, but adding in a few extra games um, and even extending outside of the Stone Mire realm or universe—you know, having realms such as uh, Terra Mystica being added in, uh, having the option for fans to to create different realms as well—adds a lot of um, custom customization and replayability in that regard, with the amount of you know variable. Uh, realms that you can use during the whole game but in addition to each round having three different uh, puzzles put together in order to solve that that um, you know turn by turn puzzle so really solid game I look forward to playing it more um, it's the type of game that I want to introduce to more people and I feel like I can get better at um, maybe maybe this the the strategic ceiling isn't too high, which is totally acceptable I think this game will you know, be a kick and, and last for quite a while. And who knows, maybe in the future we'll get the, the physical form and have that, you know, on hand to play at any time. And if we want a quick roll and write to play. So yeah, I'm going to put it up there with some of my favorites. Welcome to um, Railroad, Railroad Inc. is, is great, you know, I, I, I think Welcome to is still my preferred roll and write. I think it offers a little bit more strategic depth when you do add in uh some of the expansion content and the more advanced content in the base game um and and we're just talking welcome to the base game uh leaving las vegas and welcome to the moon which i haven't played yet but um hadrian's wall of course i feel like it's a different beast even though it's a roll and write it's it, it feels more like um a game that is produced by garfield and is meant to be more of a uh, a complex, heavier game, but in the realm of something that's you know lighter, more family friendly, um, and still offering a little bit of a strategic uh, crunch to it that I love in board games. I feel like this is very this, this uh, Roland Realms and Welcome to you know bridge that gap um, really well, but, and and you know, which allows for more more uh, replayability. Um, not not just for me, you know, playing solo or something like that, or only having to get together with gamers. And so, yeah, I think it, it's going to be up there in my, you know, my my top five. Welcome to Gonzo Clever is also a great roll and write that I've tried out recently. I'm going to play it a few more times before I share my thoughts there. But glad to have tried that out. And uh, so let's move on to another Stonemeyer game. Let's talk about Tapestry. So Tapestry has been an interesting game for me. Um, Ever since I first saw and heard about it uh, back in 2019, when I started to uh, get into more of these heavier Euro-style games, I um, immediately thought that this would have been a game for me. Uh, I'd always been interested in civilization as a theme, uh, whether that is, you know, pasted on versus Uh, actually played out you know appropriately based on theme that's a different story but I liked the the you know the color of paint over this game I liked uh, Wingspan which uh, had come out around you know a little bit before and really enjoyed the complexity and weight of Stonemeyer games at first and so I thought okay you know this this is probably going to be a fun game for me to try and you know, I, I gave it a shot back then, uh, doing a couple of solo games and thought it was great. Uh, but then, you know, I slowly, you know, I, I actually, I should say that when I tried it solo, uh, I wasn't used to the Automa automa very well. And so, um, you know, I I don't know, I think I, I, I played it a couple of times and I thought, OK, maybe I should back off and uh, maybe this isn't, you know, right for me. One, because I, I suppose I was expecting a, a little bit of a different uh, you know approach to the game as far as civilization is, is concerned. It, it seemed a little bit too abstract, which has been a, uh, a th- thing debated on by, you know by the multitudes, and so I won't get into that debate very much. But for me as well, I felt like the, the, the connection to the theme wasn't quite there. It was It was too abstract, right? So if you haven't heard of Tapestry, um, the, the reason why it's it's more abstract rather than thematic is you basically have four different tracks that you're advancing on. You have four different resources as well that pertain to each track. Of course, I'm, I'm leaving out the latest expansion, which adds the fifth track, but you basically spend resources to move up on a track. You perform the action that is listed on that track, and um, you just keep going around until you can't spend any more resources or don't choose to. You hit, uh, you know, the income phase, gain more resources, and uh, play a tapestry card onto your little tableau, and you keep progressing forward. So, in addition to moving up the tracks, you're also you have this, uh, you know, tableau in front of you of a city. Right? It's a nine by nine grid with each square having, you know, containing nine squares as well. And so you are playing uh, income buildings, which are, you, you, you take those off of your tableau, you place them into your city um, along the track as well, the, the main board track. You're also um, grabbing bigger buildings, which take up more spots. Um, and long story short, you get points if you are able to line up a complete column or row similar to how i just talked about with rolling realms and you do gain resources extra resources if you happen to fill out those those bigger boxes and so you know there's that aspect of the game where it's kind of a spatial puzzle you know where am i going to place these these houses and um you know these little buildings as well as the bigger buildings how am i going to puzzle that in also, you know you have your tapestry cards. you always have a handful of you know a couple of cards that you can play at each turn, which may dictate how your next round will look or era, I should say. Uh, you also start with a asymmetric civilization card, and there's a lot in the base game and a lot more added with expansions. and so you have some sort of starting power or ongoing power that that makes it feel different every time. And so, um, you know, and there's also a, a portion of the middle of the board where if you take the military actions, you do get to, um, or an explore exploration um, action, you get to put tiles onto the board. Um, you get to place outposts when you take that military action. And uh, there's, a you know, a slight hint of combat where you, uh, you know, if you have an uh, outpost next to an outpost, you can try to attack one. And there are some some uh, bonus points that are available to get if you, you know, explore the middle of the board first or, um, you know, uh, knock out someone's outpost twice or something like that. And it's very similar to Scythe. But um, yeah, other than that, that's, that's kind of the, the, you know, the gist of the game, the, the real meat, as far as the rules are concerned, are found in what each action does. And, um, and, and so the rule book isn't that long. It's, boasted to have, you know, just be a four-page rule book to describe this medium to heavyweight, you know, uh game, you know, abstract game that is civilization themed. And so there's on paper a lot to like about this game. Um and so when it came out on Board Game Arena, that's when I really decided to put in my time to see if this game was right for me. And that's where a majority of my plays came in. Uh, I played it, I don't know how many times, you know, as as many times as it took to get up to nine. So the majority of my plays have been multiplayer. I pulled this game out recently with some new friends to see if I still liked the game because I, uh, after it came out uh, almost a year ago, I think, in, in Board Game Arena, I, I played a few times and I stopped. And and this is what happened. So as as you might know, and expect from me I do appreciate the strategy that goes behind a game and and the replayability as far as depth and and strategic avenues that a game offers is what is of value to me can i can i really dive deep into this game and if say i did purchase this game would i get my money's worth by playing it solo and with other people and with solo you know i i really do now, looking back, appreciate the solo mode. It's very innovative and offers a lot of challenge as well. But this is, it, it, it's such a paradox to me because I feel like there, you look at Board Game Geek and you look at all of the strategic articles and forum posts and things like that, the balancing that has gone into these civilizations as well. You know, people are, are really collecting a lot of stats. Jamie himself and, and Stonemeyer, they, they really dive deep into this game and make sure that they adjust um, all of these civilizations that are coming out so that everyone has a fair shot uh, depending on the civilization. So, so some civilizations might, you know, start with more resources, you know, of a certain type uh, versus others who might start with less or, you know, what have you, or victory points or, you know, something like that. And so there's a lot of um, competitive, um, you know, tournament level love given to this game. Uh, there's a lot of um, articles that and and videos that talk about the strategy of this game. And to me, though, what what did it for me, in an, in a somewhat negative fashion, is I, I watched a video that kind of explained. Um, like a key strategy that you you would want to perform in this game. Um the the combination of like going up a couple of different tracks, especially the technology and science track, um is 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 definitely one, you know, key uh, uh you know, method of strategy and some pe- people have really basically mathed out what the optimal uh moves are and what the optimal strategy is. With the slight variance depending on your civilization and what tapestry cards you get, as well as the inventions that uh, pertain to the uh, the tech section, the technology section I have to offer as well. And so, so to me, this game it feels so. If I were to compare it to another game that I really love, Hollertau, which Hollertau came out, you know, uh, years after Tapestry, but um, you have the the main focus of the game. In in Hallertau is to move your community board to the right by converting resources that you gain, with the slight variance of the cards that you have to play that you can play at any time that make it feel different, as well as the interaction with the um, with the middle of the board with the worker placement aspect. Right, Tapestry the the moves that you take uh, is static. Right, the the board is static and all of the tracks are the same every time, and the the you know the progression that you have is is the same. I, I would say that the the core strategy that you utilize in each game might feel the same as well, with the slight variances with civilizations and with um, uh, the tech cards and tapestry cards as they come out. The the uh, the cards that are you know that come into play they vary they they feel a lot like a feast for Odin, where you know these cards are coming out. Uh, periodically. And, and therefore, you, you don't start with a strategic uh, hand, uh, per se, you, you, you're kind of rolling along with it along the way. And um, so so it, it's got that, but oh, and also another tie with the Feast for Odin. this is something else that Jamie Stegmaier said, I think, in addition to perhaps the ramping up of actions that you take along each track, but the, the puzzle solving aspect of your city board, also was inspired by A Feast for So, you know, take it as you will, but I to me, like, if I were to compare this to Hollertown, which one would I p- rather play? I feel like even though the main strategy is the same in Hollertown, the amount of variance and 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 all the cards that are offered provide a different feeling of, of progression in the game and, and a different avenue each time where you, you know, sometimes you're going to go really heavy into fields and this is based on the decks that you have starting the game as well. They may, you know, be a sheep heavy game versus a, a field heavy game versus resource or barley heavy or, or um, hops heavy, etc. cetera. Uh, versus in tapestry, I think um, I've kind of felt out each different strategy and Um, I've, you know, I, there's nothing left for me to explore in the game after nine plays (laughs) Uh, there, there theoretically is because the highest score that I, I just gotten is, you know, just barely above 200 people can score well above that, I think. And so, so yes, there is plenty of opportunity to min max this game, to play it more correctly. And then at that higher level. There's gonna be all these variances and people reacting to different cards that come out, um, the races that everyone starts, depending on your civilization or what have you, to get to certain buildings on these four tracks as well. Uh plus the expansions will also, you know, of course, offer more variability in play. But to me, you know, is that juice worth the squeeze? I don't think so. I think I think I've gotten to feel out what this game has to offer. I think I'm you know, willing to keep playing it, but I've done this so many times where I've, I've put it down, feel interested in, in coming back to it, play it again a couple more times, and then I feel satisfied. Uh, there's just nothing that provides that long term attraction to me to continue playing this game. However, it does for a lot of different people. And you look on the forums, and people have studied this game a lot. And so there is that aspect. But it kind of falls in the same category as Terra Mystica for me. I just feel like um, that higher level play is is a lot more static and and scripted. Um, and you know, take it as you will. You you can say the same thing I think about a Feast for Odin. You can say it that you know even about Agricola, if you're playing with the same cards over and over again, and you know with just slightly variations. I think I would prefer the the slight variance option to the overall strategy that is offered in agricola and a feast for odin rather than in tapestry and terra mystica i think i don't know the the board having the board stage just being the same the tracks being the same it, it just feels like the same thing over and over again to me whereas i do feel like it's different every time i play a feast for odin and and agricola it's just Personal preference, I think maybe theming has to do with it. Some of the mechanisms as well. Uh, a lot of cards, you know. Uh, I don't know. That's that's just me and, and my preferences. These games are are really good. Tapestry is a really good game, obviously, because a lot of people rate it highly. Um, it it just hasn't quite um, attracted me enough to it in order to for me to want to play it more than ten times. So. That's those are my my thoughts on on tapestry and if, if it helps you know with the comparisons to some of Rosenberg's games which I just really love you know maybe that can set a setting uh, for you to decide if tapestry is good for you but of course it's it's freely available on Board Game Arena for you to try uh, and, and see if it's something for you and if that type of puzzle that is presented there is something that you will want to come back to over and over again. Not necessarily for me, and so it stays at a seven out of ten for me, and happy to you know play it whenever someone else suggests it but i'm I don't think I'm gonna bring this to the table as my game of choice anytime soon, but that is those are my thoughts on tapestry and rolling realms uh I think at this moment I would rather play rolling realms than than tapestry, funnily enough, but uh but yeah i hope I hope you enjoyed it and you hoped my and I hope my my pers- my perspective helps and 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 uh, yeah. Feel free to try these games out for free because you can. <laughs> uh, feel free to interact with me and and Jacob on the blog post. I'll put a link to it as always in the show notes. And uh, let me know if you uh, really enjoy tapestry and why this game is the best and why am I why I'm wrong or if I'm if you agree with me. Let me, know, let me know as well. I'm, I'm always open to comments and interacting with you. But once again, thank you for listening to this episode. Hope you schedule an appointment with your board game doctor real soon, and I'll catch you on the next one. Take care.